Okay, so um, this week is Pasha's Kisavai, um, which is known, uh, it's known for a number of things, but perhaps one of the most uh, interesting things about it is, it is that it is the Tochacha. The Tochacha literally translated is rebukes, but more loosely translated, it's translated as the curses usually. And that's because it is the harshest section in the entire Torah. And as Rabbi Avram just mentioned, there are two such sections. One is in Pasha's Bechukosai, the end of Chumash Vayikra, that we always read in proximity to Shavuos. And one is Pasha's Kisavo, and that we read in proximity to Rosh Hashanah. And they are, they're tough, they're harsh. <laughs> uh, you read through the Psukim, and sometimes it's hard to get through they're them. They're long. And they're long. It doesn't and, end. <laughs> and in fact, the one that's in this week's Pasha is double of the one that's in Bechukosai. Bechukosai typically is broken down to 49 curses, and Kisavo to 98, so it's Mamash double. So it's long, and it doesn't end. Um, and it's a very tough portion in the Torah. And yet, as we have so many times with these uh, difficult ideas, that we have the Sorim that come along and teach us that hidden within these curses are blessings. And that ultimately everything that comes from Hashem is a blessing. It's a question of how concealed that blessing is going to be. But if you dig deep enough, we find we have a concept that's Ein Ra Yored Milmailo. Ultimately, nothing bad ever comes from Hashem. And everything that comes is a question of how disguised it is. But according to the tzaddikim, perhaps some of the greatest blessings in the Torah are disguised in some of these most difficult um, areas. So that's what I want to discuss tonight. Um, I'll start with uh, telling you, and I think I I mentioned the last week, that tonight is a very great date on the Hasidic calendar because there's a double birthday. Tonight is the 18th of Elul, Chai Elul. In fact, Sparum right that now starts the last 12 days before Rosh Hashanah. Some say that it's a time to, uh, for a day per month of the previous year to think about. But it is the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov, Yisrael, Baal Shem Tov was the founder of the entire Hasidic movement. His birthday was on the 18th of Elul. Some 40 years later, it was the same day, or 45 years later, is the birthday of the Baal Tanya, also on the 18th of Elul. And it's written that the 18th, 18th is Chai, that through their teachings, they brought a chayis, they brought a new um, vigor into the avodah of Chodesh Elul, the avodah of preparing herself for Rosh Hashanah. So these were both masters specifically of, this, of the secrets of the Torah, um, which is what uh, Kabbalah and Hasidus is, the deeper dimension. And therefore they talked a lot about these concepts, that the areas in Torah that seem to be curses are really deeper blessings. And their disciples, the uh, various uh, tzaddikim, Hasidic tzaddikim specifically throughout the generations expounded on the curses and showed in many of them where the blessings were concealed within them. There's a beautiful story. I'm going to have that down. Well, on the top line I have the tochacha, the curses, but then we have a pasuk in, in this past week's Torah portion. Hashem ultimately transforms klola, curse, to blessing. Because Hashem loves us. At the end of the day, Hashem is our Father, our loving Father. And though there are curses in the Torah, Hashem transforms those curses and shows the bracha within them. There is a beautiful story about the Balatanya, again, whose birthday is tonight, and that is that he himself was the Balkore. The Balatanya was who? Rav Shneir Zalman of Liadi. He was the first, first Rebbe of Chabad. Chabad, right. He was a disciple of the Magid of Mezrish, who was a disciple of the Baal Shem Tov. Mm-hmm. Right, so the Baal Shem Tov is the founder of the Hasidic movement as a whole, his, his, his successor is the Magid of Mezrich, again of all Hasidim, and then Hasidism breaks up into different groups, one of them being the Balatanya, who begins what's called Chabad, and later becomes known as Lubavitch. It actually wasn't Lubavitch in his time, because he didn't live yet in the city of Lubavitch. His son moved to that city. But 
So the story of him is that he was the Balkorah. He would read the Torah every, every Parsha. It happened once that he was away for the week of Parsha's Kisavu. He was away for this Parsha. And his son, who was later going to be his successor, hears the Torah reading, hears the curses, and he faints. And after they revive him, they say, why do you faint? He says, such terrible curses? I couldn't handle it, I fainted. They said, this is not the first time you're hearing them. You've heard them for years. He says, no. All the previous years, my father read the Torah. And then I didn't hear curses. I heard the blessings within the curses. But now my father was out of town. He had an ordinary balkore. I heard curses. And I couldn't handle it. I fainted. See? Here you see how even in the actual Kriya Satora, this great Sadiq was able to, that his, uh, yeah, we changed rooms. We were going into hiding. So, <laughs> so the Sadiq was at that level that he was able to, that, that again, when the Sadiq was listening, I guess, they were able to hear the blessings within the curses of the Torah. Now, there's a story that's not a story of necessarily great famous tzaddikim, but I like saying the story over, and I'm sure I've shared it with you in the past, but just in case you forgot one of the nuances. So my grandfather, Rabbi Yaakov Kuppel Shulkin, was a great man. He was a um, survivor of Auschwitz, Schindler's List, got out on Schindler's List, lost his wife and children in the war, and then married his niece, who was 18 years younger than him, and came to America and had my mother and one other daughter. So my grandmother, his wife, passed away this summer. Um, he passed away 30 years ago, and today he would be about 120, right? because he was ready the second time around. Point is, he once came to visit in um, my father's shul in West Bloomfield, Michigan. And <laughs> it's a long story, and I don't want to get into the details. In, in my father's shul at the time, there was a person who was known as the shul troublemaker. But he wasn't just a troublemaker for the shul, he was a troublemaker in the city. Like, for example, he made his own heksher to go against the heksher of the rabbis of Detroit. He did everything. He was one of those guys. What should I say? We write letters in the, in the paper against the shul, against my father, <laughs> against the rabbi. I mean, Rabbi Levine, who is the you know, grandfather of the Rabbi Levine's here, right? Our Rabbi Levine. Rabbi Levine. Was the, right. The head of the body of of Detroit for years. Sure. He said that this person really should be put into cheirin. I mean, he was, he was a troublemaker. Listen, listen, by now he passed away. He should have a lift again. I'm sure he did shuva. Be that as it may, he was in a fight with everyone. Obviously never paid dues to anything. Point is, he never got an aliyah. He was in a fight with the board. He was in a fight with the gabai. They didn't give him an aliyah. He said, you want to stay or no one's kicking you out of this shul? Because he was kicked out of a few shuls beforehand. But you're not going to get any... Anyways, Parshas Kisavu, there's a problem. Problem is that who's, who gets the aliyah of the curses? So typically what's done in every shul? No, the balkori. Typically the balkori just goes up and takes it. Now, uh, what? It, I'm sorry? The, the, the aliyah of the curses. Oh, the, oh yeah. The tochach. Yeah, okay. So typically the bakori standing there just makes the bracha. Or the rabbi in some cases. And my father showed me there was an option. Because my father was the bakori and he's a Kohen. Oh. Kohen can't get it. It's the middle of the parsha. Who are you going to give it to? So the guy is thinking, you know, that guy, he hasn't gotten a million years. He hasn't gotten a million years. Maybe he won't mind. So he asks him, he says, would you like the aliyah? Sure, I'll take the aliyah. He took the aliyah. My grandfather, a Yaakov couple, happened to be here from New York. Turns around, and he's 80 years old, almost 80 years old, turns around and says, who's the guy that got the tochach? Ah, troublemaker, hasn't had an aliyah in years, they gave him the tochach. My grandfather's face turned red, I saw this. It's because you don't like him, you give him the tochach? And he says, I'm not letting this go. After Davani, he walks over to him, gives him his hand, he says, are you coming to the Kiddush? I goes, no, I don't go to the Kiddush in this shul. 
He says, no, you're coming with me to the kitchen. And he didn't leave go. It's hard to fight with an 80-year-old you know, <laughs> Holocaust survivor. What's he going to do? Pulls down, pulls him down to the kitchen, sits down with him. He says, you got the tochacha today, right? Do you know that the Sarim explained how every one of these klolas are really your bracha? And I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to go through it with you one by one to show you how each curse is a bracha. My grandfather had encyclopedic knowledge of, of Shas, but of all the Hasidic Sfarim. And he sat with him, and this is a bracha, and this is a bracha, and this is a bracha. The Kiddush is finished. Everyone's gone. He's working with him. And finally, after an hour or so, he lets him go. So I just had to make sure he understands. He had the Ali of brachas. The greatest brachas in the Torah. That was a, a that I saw. Tremendous Maisa of, of the Avas Yisrael, of Maizeda, and his tremendous knowledge, because who knows that? How to explain every klala that it's a bracha. He went through every klala with the guy? I don't know. I think he let him go after after a while. But he was he was working one by one. Mm-hmm. And he, he couldn't handle it that someone got that aliyah. Is it written and, down what he's... What, what? I don't know what my grandfather said. But in today's shir, time allowing, I want to go through a couple of them. A couple of the klalas and show that they're brachas. So, that's what I have here. The first, uh, the first two points on the page, I had the story of the Balatanya when he was the Balkori and his son didn't hear uh, klalas. He didn't hear... Um, Curses at all, and the seeper, the story about my grandfather, who's with that, with that gentleman. Okay, let's move on. There is an interesting Gemara in Masechet Moed Katan, Davtes Amud Aleph and Beis, which really, I'm sorry, no, Moed Katan, right? Um, I, I hear the pages turning in your head, you know, going to back to Moed Katan. So, so the um, and the story over there is also a story that shows this concept that sometimes great blessings are concealed and disguised in curses. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it's a story of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who sent his son to be blessed by two Chachamim of the generation. There were two tzaddikim in that generation. They were named, if I remember correctly, Rabbi Yonasan um, ben Amasai and Rabbi Yehuda ben Geirim, I think. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai meets them. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, of course, is the author of the Zohar. And then he tells his son, you know, these are tzaddikim, it's good to get a bracha from them. And he sends his son, Elazar, to go get brachas from them. I'm sorry? So the son goes and he talks to them and they give him a whole litany of curses. <laughs> and he comes back and he says, Ta, he says, not only didn't they bless me, they cursed me. And that's, and what the Gemara goes through, the, the, the father sat down with the son and he says, you didn't understand their words. Every one of those curses was really a bracha. They were giving you curses. I'm sorry, they were giving you brachas that are disguised as curses. And he went through it. I don't know if we want to go through all of them. But uh, uh, let's give a quick look. It said, Amr Lebray. Again, this is the thing you might cut. And he says, he tells the son, Bnei Adam Halalu Anashim Shal These people, they're, they're very you know, worthy people. People of distinction. Zil Gabehem De Livroch. Go to them and be blessed. Azal, he came to them. Uh, the Gemara discussed the different halachas that they taught. Then, Amr Le, my boy, Socha. They told him, what are you doing here? Amr Lehu, the Amr Abba. My father told me, Zil Gabayu De My father said, come here to get a bracha. So I came. Amrulay. So they started off. Okay, first thing is, they said you should plant and never, you know, uh, and not harvest. Ta'ayil uh, You should, you know, bring in, but never be able to sell it. You should sell, but never gain from it. Um, your house should be destroyed. You should live in some type of, uh, like an inn. Uh, your table should be totally destroyed. You shouldn't see a new year. <laughs> you can go now. So he felt wonderful. He came to his father, Amalei. He tells his father, Not only didn't bench me, they actually pained me. They, they told me curses. Amalei, the father said, 
What did he tell you? So they said, Hachi v'hachi amrli. They went through the different steps that they told him. Amar lei, the father said, Hanach kulu birchus and in the they're all brachas. They sounded differently, but they're all brachas. And he goes, he went through one by one. Tizrev They sent. They said that you'll plant and not, you know, harvest. That means that you should have children and the children shouldn't die. Because you plant the children and then don't take them back, right? They should. They should live. Ta'ayuv lotepuk. You should bring in and not give out. He said, bring daughters-in-law into your home. And no one should die. They shouldn't leave. You should give out and not bring back. You should have daughters. They go off to get married. And they remain married and don't come back home. Wow. Right? He says, your, your home should be destroyed and you should live in an inn. Your home is this world. The inn is the coming world. Mm-hmm. No, this world is not what it's all about. You want to get to the next world. The valvul pesorach, that your table should be messed up. Yeah, by children. <laughs> you should have children. You should have a messy table. Who needs a clean table with no, you know, no one there? Um, you shouldn't see a new year. Your wife shouldn't pass away. That you should have to mar- marry a new woman. And so that's that's the story of the Gemara. Now, obviously, so why did they say it in that way? No, they knew that when they were saying it, it sounded like curses. So what's explained is that sometimes blessings are very, very powerful. And the only way they're able to be drawn down is through a disguise, through a form of disguise. And this, this is a Kabbalistic idea that something that's too powerful has to come down in ways sometimes that are hidden and concealed in order to be able to come down in order that the Yitzhahara shouldn't get in the way, the Sutton shouldn't get in the way. And this is one of the forms of bringing down great brachas in disguising them through, brach, through clothes. But who's the one who was able to reveal it? Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Why? Rav Shimon Bar Yochai is the master of the secrets of the Torah. It always comes back to there, the one who sees the secret in the Torah, the, the esoteric, is able to look deeper and see the secrets behind that which seems to be in a revealed way. Okay, so let's look. I have over here, we have some time, a couple, yeah, still 15 minutes. Let's go look at some examples of things that are pretty clearly curses. And nevertheless, when you look at them from a different perspective, we're able to see them as blessings. And I have here examples from a number of different sadikim. We'll start with the Alshech. I mentioned last week also the Alshech, the great, the holy Alshech, or Moshe Alshech, I, I mentioned last week, he's from Svas. <coughs> Excuse me. He was known as the great Darshan. He would te- every Shabbos he would teach Torah and Svas, and everyone would come to listen, including the Arizal of Yosef Cairo, the other Sadiqim of Svas at the time. So one of the Psukim in this week's Parsha, which is you know a tough one. Sharcha Tavuach Le'inecha, your oxen will be slaughtered in front of your eyes, you will not get to eat from it. Chamorcha Gazil Milfanecha, your donkey will be stolen from you, Vilayashalach will not return to you. Tsoncha Nesunos Lovecha, your um your sheep will be given to your enemies, and there's no one who will be able to save you whatsoever. You know, go find the bracha in this one, right? Yeah. Says the al Well, these are all the things that will happen if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, correct, correct. But at the same time, this is, you know, tough sukkim. It's, 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 the, it's the severities of the Torah. And the idea ultimately is that every severity also has another way to it. It can be transformed. Sure. It can be, as we said in the, in the Pasuk that we have right in the top of the page, that Hashem, because of His love, transforms klala into bracha. So how do you transform this klala, this curse, into a bracha? And here comes a, just a, I think, a, I don't know, Fazruach HaKodesh, a stroke of genius, of the Alshech. But he says, look at that verse on the very top of the page. What's the first word? Vayahafoch. That Hashem will turn it around. Right? He'll turn the, the klala to bracha. Says the Alshech, well, let's do that with this verse. Let's turn it around. Yeah. But turn around, he means, he says, let's do it literally. Let's read it from the back. And he says, read the, read the, um, he says, read, read the, read the Pasuk backwards. 
He says, if you read it backwards, it reads like this. Moshiach Lecha, you have salvation. Ve'en lo'ovecha nesunos, you will not be given to your enemies. Soncha Lecha Yashuv, your sheep will be given, will be returned to you. Ve'lo milfanecha gazel, and will not be stolen from you. Chamorcha, your donkey, mimenu tocha, you will be able to derive the benefit. Not to your in front of your eyes will your sure be slaughtered. So he says, using the actual words that the Pasuk said, that Hashem is able to say, Hashem says, you read it that way? I'll turn it around. We'll read it the other way. Mm-hmm. And that same klala reads perfectly as a bracha. And this is an idea from again Reb Moshe Alshech. Okay, another idea from this on this week's parsha, there is a sefer called Maor Veshemesh. Maor Veshemesh is one of the Rabbi, early Hasidic sefarim. Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan, aka Chavetz Chaim, okay, uh, never liked the fact when the Balkori would lower his voice at the Tochacha. He said, "If these are all the road signs and how to stay on the road and not fall off," he goes. You wouldn't, you know, turn off your lights on the coach and go down a dark street. He goes, you want the lights bright. You want it to be actually punk fakir the other way. Very he goes, you want it to be loud so people understand. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And yet it's done in the shuls. Yeah, most shuls do it low, but he was right. not. He wasn't for it. Okay. There's a sefer called Maor Veshemesh. Maor Veshemesh, which literally means the source of light and the sun. Um, it was written by one of the early Hasidic masters. Um, his name was Reclonimus Kalman Epstein of Krakow. And he was a disciple of Elimelech of Lezensk, um, another of the earliest Hasidic masters, disciples of the Magad of Mezrich. Famous Sefer. Who says an Epstein? Okay, I don't know if that's that line, know. but possibly. He was, uh, he was, I had him as a rabbi here. No, not him. He lived uh, no, 200 but, years what, ago. No, <laughs> no, I did. Rav Tversky's father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm saying not the more of a Shemashem. No, no. No, he was a Mishnagi. <laughs> but he was Ibzus Hashem Besimcha. Among Mishnagdim, I never saw any Mishnagi so so mayor. <laughs> anyway, so he writes, the Pasuk says in the sixth parsha, Yadbik Hashem Bechos Hadever, that Hashem will um, uh, connect you to, or how do you say will, uh, I guess, cling, cling or connect or cleave. The Dever is death. Until you're just destroyed from the land that you're coming to inherit. Pretty bad, right? Hashem will connect you to death and you'll be destroyed. Says the Mor of Hashemesh that there is a positive and deeper reading to this verse. And it's talking about Yad Hashem Bacha, a person who's Dovok and Hashem. A person becomes totally Klis Hashem to the extent of Kalos Nefesh. Kalos Nefesh was, like it says in the Pasuk, Kalsa nafshi. A person says, My soul goes out to you, Hashem, and my longing and desire to connect to Hashem. And some of the greatest tzaddikim, sometimes they were so inspired and so spiritually, uh, what's the word? Hislavus, um, that their souls were leaving them. Um, the, we once discussed about the Orachim says that's how Nodav and Aviyu passed away. Nodav and Aviyu came into the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Their right. souls were in such a state of fire that yep. they just left them, their bodies and went into Hashem. You know, I think I also mentioned here the Balshamtov, whose birthday is tonight. The Balshamtov said that the fact that he remains alive after davening is a miracle. He says because his soul is on such fire that it just it's going off to Hashem. Right? So the Mar Vashemish says this passage is talking about Dvekas and Hashem. And that's why a person is ad, ad, um, 
that a person is, has that kalosa nefesh, that sense of, of yearning and desire that it's, so his soul is, is going up to Hashem and feels like it's leaving his body. Um, the Balatanya, again, who's, as we keep on saying, tonight is his birthday, so he writes that one time he was learning the Chavrusa. Wait, who? The Balatanya or Balshanto? Both. Oh. Both. Tonight is the two birthdays in oh, the Hasidic yeah, no. calendar, Balshanto, Balatanya. So he, he, his Chavrusa was Rabbi Avram, called Rabbi Avram Hamalach, Avram the angel, who was the son of the Magid of Mezrish, who was called the angel because he was like an angel, such a tzaddik. Balatanya says one time they were learning, and he saw that he was so involved in his in his dvekas, in his connection to Hashem, that, that his soul was on the verge of leaving his body. Hmm. Balatani says, he had to save his life. I found a, there was a bagel on the table. I took it and I stuck it into his mouth just to bring him back. Just to bring him back to this world. He said, I saved his life. My chavrusa. You know, these are, this is tough chavrusas to have. <laughs> okay. So that is the, from the Sefer Moral of Hashem. Let's, let's see another idea. Sefer Koch Ve'or. Sefer, uh, it's called Koch Ve'or. Um, stars of Light, written, written by a tzaddik, his name is Rebitzula Belzer, or Rebitzula um, Petterberger. Again, a tzaddik, I don't know, 100 years ago or so. He came from, from Petterberger, from Belzer, I guess he lived different parts in his life in different places. So he talks, again, another Pasuk in this week's Parsha. Pasuk says, He says, your life is, is like hanging in front of you. You're afraid night and day. You don't know what's going to be tomorrow. Sometimes a person just, there's no, no there's no parnasa, there's no anything, and I have no idea well, how am I going to support myself tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the next day? And you live a life of dread, of fear. What's going to be tomorrow? You know, I have no nest egg. Nothing's there, right? So he says, that sounds terrible. On the other hand, he says, what was the mum? Right, that's exactly. That's what the mum was life. too. And he says, the mum was the greatest time in the world. We knew our sustenance comes tomorrow only from Hashem. Right? My, I'm in Hashem's hands, and that's it. I don't have plans. So it could be the worst thing. It could be the best thing. Perspective, like we said before. It's a question of how you take it. So you could be living there, and you could be in a situation of, of just uh, devastation and sadness and hopelessness. I don't know. What's going to be tomorrow? Who's going to take care of me? Or that could be the greatest baruch. Hashem says, you are going to be 100% dependent on me. You don't have to think about a nest egg. That's the story of the month. She says, this is a klala slash bracha. Depends if you transform it or not. Depends how you take it. Depends what you do with it. That's his idea. Okay. An idea from the Kedushas Levi. Kedushas Levi is? Levi Yitzchak one of the greatest and most known of the Hasidic masters. A colleague of the Balatanya, a disciple of the Magad of Mezrish. He writes, and now moving off to Parshas Bechukosai, which is the other set of Tochachim. So the Pasik says, I will do this to you. I will place upon you the hala, um, which is confusion, shachafes, kadachas, different types of sicknesses. Tough stuff. Says the holy Bardichever, who was known to be the one who always found this chos, found the merit and everything. Says he, he says the word vifkadeti can also mean I will take away from you. Hmm. We have in the Aftarah when, when David Amalek didn't come to the table, right? By, by Shaul Amalek. What's the, what's the words? Vinifkadita, you were missing. Your place is missing. Who said you have to read this Pasuk that I will place upon you confusion and sickness? Perhaps it means I will remove from you. 
take away from you. And again, it's a question of how to read the Pasuk. And that goes back to the Vayafo Hashem. There is Klala, but that Klala can ultimately be transformed to Bracha and be actually read into the words how that is Bracha as well. Okay, an idea from Lukute Torah, that is from the Balatanya, on the Parsha in Bechukosa. There it says, in the Parsha, Pasuk Chavav, Beshivri Lachem Mate Lechem. When I will break from uh, break your um, your source of, of bread of sustenance, va'afu eser nashim lachmechem betanur echod. Ten women will bake bread in one oven. Ve'hishivu lachmechem b'mishkal. Then they'll weigh the bread. Va'achaltem you'll eat it velosis bow and you won't be satisfied. You won't be satiated. You won't be satisfied. And that is again. It's that definitely sounds like a kolah, like a curse in the parsha. Um, there'll be so little bread that ten women will bake together. One, one of them. And then if people will eat and they won't be filled with it. Where is the deeper bracha in these words? Says the Lukutei Torah, says the following. He says, we know the Torah is called bread. The Torah is called lechem. Uh, it's just like bread, seitz our body. And lechem, seitz our soul. A person can learn Torah, but it could be cold. It could be sort of lifeless, just as an intellectual exercise, interesting, fascinating but not something that is um, infused, infused that's what I'm looking for, thank you, infused, with love for Hashem, fear of Hashem, with Kedusha, with holiness. It could be an intellectual exercise. Someone told me, I don't know if you've heard this, that the Koreans now learn the Talmud. And, yeah. and that there's, there's more people learning Talmud in Korea than anywhere else in the world because there's so many Koreans. So that's a huge study there. And like, Talmud is magnificent. It's beautiful. But that doesn't mean it's spiritual. It doesn't mean it's holy. That doesn't mean it's infused with holiness, with light, with, in, with inspiration, with, with godliness, with holiness. Says the Tanya, that's what's going on over here. That the bread is going to be baked in an oven. That to bake in an oven, the oven is the oven of Abbas Hashem. Is the desire, the passion of Abbas Hashem, that the bread that we learn, the Talmud, the Gemara that we learn, the Torah that we learn, should be baked in an oven, should be warm, inspired, infused with Kedusha. And the ten, the ten women that are baking it together, we know there's ten soul powers in our neshama. And every part of our neshama gets involved in the Torah that we learn. And he says, that's the brach over here. We're talking about a totally spiritual concept. We're talking about bread, not physical bread. We're talking about spiritual bread. We're talking about Torah. And Torah that's baked properly and every aspect of our soul, our wisdom, our understanding, our knowledge, our, our kindness, our severity, all becomes involved in our study, in our Torah study with the warmth of Abbas Hashem. And we bring that into Tanur Echad, in the oven of oneness, the oneness of Hashem, when you say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, which is our ultimate point of inspiration of Abbas Hashem, we use that to inspire our Torah study. And if the Pasuk finishes, and you'll eat and you won't be satiated, that's the best way to learn Torah. Mm-hmm. Never to be satisfied, never to be satiated. I eat, I'll have more, I'll have more, because it's infused with Abbas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. So therefore, it's something that will never satiate us and will want more and more in that relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll finish with one last idea from the Sefer Or HaTorah, which is from the, the Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek, who's a grandson to the Balatanya. And he has a different approach. He says, sure, there's a lot of terrible curses here, but who are the curses ultimately for? The curses are for the negative. The negative um, entities in the world and the negative entities within ourselves. Sometimes we have created certain negative entities that have to be broken down. But why should they be broken down? in order that the positivity that's within should come out to the fore. Now sometimes through our own actions, we have brought up within ourselves some negativity. And Hashem says, I'm going to be very tough with you. Tough to do what? 
tough to break down that external shell that's been created in order to help us reveal our inner goodness. Sometimes breaking a shell is necessary in order to get to the fruit. Right? The Pasuk calls us a bunch of nuts. Nothing personal. But Hashem says, I came down to the nut orchard. And that's us. Why are we nuts? Now, there's a lot of good answers to that question. But what it says in Sfarim is, because just like a nut has a shell surrounding the fruit. That shell is external negativity that sometimes surrounds the fruits, which is in with our neshama. So when Hashem says, I want to be strong with you, I'm going to be tough with you, I'm going to break you down, it's, not, it's, like, it's like looking at breaking the shell of the nut in order to get the fruit. We're not trying to break anything, we're trying to get to the beauty, to the holiness of it. And that is what, so therefore it says the Tzamaqsadik and the Ratayra, all of these, uh, the, the negativity that we'll find is all um, like a hammer to break down negative shells and encrustings in order to allow the inner goodness within each and every, every one of us to shine. Hmm. And that is just a little sampling of some of these psukim that sound so, or that they, they are clawless, but on a deeper level and from a different perspective are actually brachas of Hashem that are disguised in these clawless. Yeah, sure. Thank you.